0: Dr. Lisa, and it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. Hey, you people out there, I care about you. That's the thing. You don't even know, like, I'm feeling you. I'm right here. I'm feeling you. I've been having a little bit of a hard time lately, which is why this show has gone on this self-help, basically helping me, I'm using this show to help myself. Hopefully, you'll be getting something out of it, too. But uh, I am, and uh, if I have problems, then you have problems. That's how I figure it. We all got problems. But, uh, you know, I was thinking I wanted to share something with you before we get started from last night. So last night, um, if you know who Porno Jim is, I've had him on my show. He's a professor of porn, as they say. So, um, Jim had a, like, um, a really funny live video, like a porn show at a private club last night. Uh, and I went just to see the entertainment part mostly. And I got to tell you something. I really, uh, I was there by myself. I was not threatened because uh, I know Jim and I trust Jim, and plus, I have good boundaries in these situations, and I'm not afraid. But one thing I did notice was I was treated with respect, and I want to say that 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 is really what I learned um, that I think is, uh, you know, I'm a married lady, I get it, but must be different from uh, using dating apps, and I want to make this point because I think it's really important. When you meet people to hook up with or anything through a dating app, it's really you know you're being judged on uh, very very superficial things, and we are all look. I mean, we're all we're all subject to that. We all put we're we're all part of that, but. There was something really, I just, I was reminded, and I want to remind you about meeting people in public where the setup is to have sex and to the way those people treated you, treated me with respect. And I just don't think that's something that we as a society are getting from all this online dating. And, uh, you know, nothing you can do about that. But I do want to remind people that there is something about spending time with somebody in person and having them respect you. Okay, so I'm done. Done with my little stupid lecture. Um, But I am very, very privileged to have another helping person here today with me. Nina Keneally. Say hi, Nina.
1: Hi, Nina. Oh, That's like not singing. what I
0: meant. She's so sarcastic. No, she's not. Go ahead. Say it. Say hi, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. hi, Dr. Lisa. Hi,
1: Dr. Lisa. It's good to be here with you.
0: Okay. Can you get a get a little closer to the mic or put it in front of your face more? Yes, I can. See, isn't that better, guys? Look at me ordering uh, Need a Mom around. So Nina Keneally does a, uh, she has a service business called Need a Mom. I'm going to let her tell you about what that is and describe it. It's a pretty successful service, and uh, it's got a really good sense of humor, which is why uh, why I appreciate it so much. But I want to do a little bit of housekeeping and remind you to uh, check in with us at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Uh, come to our website. Go to the donate page uh give us some money you know like the thing is this is totally um you know this is a totally listener funded site and not only that we don't get, we don't have like a lot of big grants like you know wfmu and all those other big big deal like long term established we're fledgling so help out a fledgling by giving us like any amount of money because we appreciate that or you can even just uh sponsor this show in particular if you particularly want to make sure this show is is successful you could do that uh or you just want to help me with my self-esteem issues and give me you know give me a high five and you can always reach me at dr lisa at radiofreebrooklyn.org uh anyway i'm glad to be spending this time with you and you too nina Thanks Lisa. Some mom Nina Nina. Well, first of all, before I, you explain your show, I just want to know. I just I just have to put this out here the counter transference is that my mom, God bless her, she's been gone for a while, quite a while now. Um she did a decent job as a mom. It wasn't easy, but we had a very fraught relationship which I have never really Recovered from. And my mom was really uptight and judgmental and did not like sex or anything to do with sex or wearing a lot of the clothes that I wanted to wear and things like that. So I did not have the best association with the word mom. But now that I know of your talents, I have been a convert. So I just want you to know that. Thanks, Lisa. And <laughs> I've actually managed to get over the concept of mom in order. To actually really appreciate what you do and the value of it. Well, yeah.
1: And I, I mean, I call the business need a mom, but in a way, it's turned out to be more like need a personal mentor, but that just doesn't have the same ring to it exactly.
0: Yeah. Do other people get turned off by the concept of mom? Sure. I, I'm sure they do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, but, but not, not, an, you haven't gotten any feedback like that because people are nice. Not to like, my face. Not to your face. Not like me. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, anyway, we, you tell. okay, well, let me tell you a little bit about Nina because she's, she's, you know, not going to brag a, as quickly. She might, like if I spent the whole time here interviewing her, she might get around to telling you, but I'm going to tell you the highlights of her bio. First of all, she's been a mom for over 30 years. Uh, she lives in Bushwick now, which is the coolest place. On the planet where we are right now, where this radio station is. Yo, 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 yo. Yo. Um, and also she she has been a Tony Award winning theater producer. So, I mean, you got to have your shit together to do that. And she doesn't really brag about it a lot, but you know, like that's a big deal. And I've seen pictures of Nina with some, some very well-known people such as Betty Buckley and, um, she also um is a trained actress. She uh, she she trained in London and other places and you, and see here's the thing. She was a drug and alcohol rehabilitation counselor for 7 years. So that's really, you know what I'm saying. So she's she's well-rounded in the in as far as like having like knowing how fucked up people can be, and how to deal with them. I mean, yeah. she has two sons who are grown now. She she's worked in theater, bossing theater people around, and she's dealt with drug addicts. I mean, what for third? Like, what more? What more could any? What more background could anyone have to be so helpful? Would it so? Nina, can you add to that?
1: Well, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I mean, all the people. All that take all those people are fucked up at one time or another. My kids were fucked up at one time or another. Um, the theater world is full of lots of egos and, and insecurities and um, uh, arrogance and uh, fear and and money and yeah. My, my clients and in, in, and I worked in a methadone clinic, which is as tough as it gets. So there were a lot of people not only involved with uh, drugs but also with co-occurring mental health issues. So yeah, but you know what? Um, so you see the side of that and you work with them and it kind of makes you feel okay. You know, the, the, lucky. The, <laughs> lucky, lucky, lucky <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Lucky for sure. Maybe that's
0: what I should be doing to cheer me up.
1: Yeah, really. Um, and so actually when I got the idea to start Need a Mom after we moved from Connecticut to Bushwick about four years ago, I was sort of floundering around looking for something to do now that I was here. And I started Realized I was meeting a lot of younger people because, as we know, Lisa, only young people are allowed to live in Bushwick, right? Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you would, you would think that. You would of think c- that. Of course, from- they like having parties that our, our adult-sized apartment, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But anyway, um, so I, af- I was meeting them everywhere, of course, as one does, in yoga class, walking my dogs in the park, going out. And after a while, some of them, when they had concerns or issues, and since they knew me and trusted me, would start to ask my advice or or ask want to talk to me about it or have a cup of tea or something like that. So, uh, all the things you've done that I've done that you mentioned, I sort of thought, how can I put these s- three skill sets—mom, p- business person, uh, counselor—together and do something? And that's sort of where the genesis for Need a Mom came mm-hmm. up from. And
0: I love I I love the look of it. I love that You guys should go check out the website because it has this really like kind of funny. Like, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Oh, that's really important. Yeah. I, I think, you know... And I know you well enough to know that.
1: Yeah. And actually, the website also, um, the video on it and the graphic were done by my, one of my
0: sons. Yeah. he's yeah. an artist. Yeah. So, can you explain a little bit about, like, the kind of services you offer and maybe a couple of examples of how you've helped people? I mean, it sounds fair. It's a fairly broad service, It right? is a fairly
1: broad service. Um, you know, at least what I offer is fairly broad. I mean, I'm happy to do... One of the things that I do concrete tasks with people, I don't do them for people. I'm not going to clean your bathroom or cook you dinner, but if you want to know how to cook dinner or clean your bathroom, I will walk you through it. You know I will do it with you. I will teach you a skill mm-hmm. I think it's really important to make not enable people to um keep their 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 usual lack of knowledge but to enable but to allow them to learn to do things for themselves. I find a lot of kids. And not so many kids rely on or ordering dinner out or taking their laundry out or doing all that stuff, and then complain they don't have enough money. So,
0: so you're talking about self reliance. Self reliance, indeed. Yeah. And um, what about um, like other issues, like um, like if somebody has trouble finishing a project or they're confused about their boyfriend or Yeah, I
1: mean, most of I, I was getting to most of the clients that I have and have had regularly really do have some more of a personal or emotional or relationship issue or something like that that they need to get some perspective on. And a lot of my clients have had either lost their mothers, have bad relationships with their mothers, or are going through a bad patch with their own mother. And they're still looking for that kind of support, that kind of feedback, that kind of interest, but without the baggage, without the judgment, without the history.
0: Right, right. So, so you're sort of like reparenting, which is what a therapist is supposed to do, in a way, isn't it? It is, it is, and uh, the one of the reasons
1: I'm different than therapy. Well, first of all, if, if I think you're so screwed up that you need professional help, I will be the first person to tell you that and help you find somebody, because I am mm. not a therapist, right? You know, I'm right. not a licensed. Yeah, therapist. Yeah, me either. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I'm you know not a doctor. I'm not, I'm not a even lawyer. trying. Yeah, I, I mean know. you're <laughs> not,
0: but you're not trying. You're yeah, you're right. right. So, we have overlap in our, in our... We do have an
1: overlap, that, yeah.
0: definitely. Yeah,
1: I, I think one of the great memories is Need a Mom sitting on Grandma's lap, too. Uh, Yeah,
0: yeah, because yeah, I played Grandma once. Right.
1: yep. Um, so, now, we're get, getting back to that. So, um, but, but what a therapist can't do, and a lot of my clients really like this, is I can give you a little more personal feedback. Your, your therapist will not... If you're saying, I'm going to do this really rough patch... I hate my mother right now. This is what she's doing to me. I, and this, And I can say, you know, when I was your age, long ago, in a mm-hmm. galaxy far away, I went through a similar situation with my mother. And this is how I handled it. Your right. therapist cannot talk to you that way. She cannot give right. you any details about he or she right. about their personal life. Also,
0: don't. I mean, I'm guessing that a lot of uh, your clients would be looking for the um, positive feedback that they haven't gotten from their mothers, maybe sure. from you. Is yep. that what they're like? That they're okay? Yeah, yeah. And do I do can- you find a lot of a lot of a lot of your clients have had really like m- their mothers beating up on them?
1: Yeah, or their mothers just not supporting them or understanding them. And I think one of the things, you know, I came to New York when I was 21, I guess, after drama school, and and I even though I lived in Connecticut for some years, I came back here now. My kids have been here for a while. I have a more boots on the ground sort of perspective on what it's like to live in this town and try and follow a dream and try and make your way and all that. So I kind of understand in some ways that these kids' parents can't at all what right. their life is no, like. No, you're right.
0: I feel like that too yeah. with young people because yeah. I've been here so long and I've been pursuing a, a fail. Well, today <laughs> it feels like a failed dream, which is why you're on here. But so... uh but do you deal with old people like me too? I I've dealt with some older people too. I mean, most of the time, i
1: i, I haven't had client. I haven't taken clients over mid forties or so, mainly because um, a lot of the people who reach out to me who are older in their fifties or sixties, I think, aren't really looking for advice or help. They're looking. They're lonely and looking for a friend. Oh
0: man, really?
1: Yeah. I mean, but I don't mean that in a weird way. I just mean they're they're kind of Eleanor Rigby, you know. All the lonely people, where do they all come from? It's oh. it's and, and that's not... So a, you can make money
0: just being a friend?
1: You know, there is a service, actually, I found <laughs> online called rent a, rent a Friend. And you can rent a friend for all sorts of weird things. Really? Also, yeah. I could use that. See, well, you can, see, well, you can look it up. But
0: And if you have intimacy problems like I do and you're afraid to get really close to people, you can just rent a friend. That's which right. Which is a little bit like getting a hooker. You'd pay them to leave. Exactly. I didn't make that up. Shout out to uh, my old boyfriend, (laughs) J.R. Taylor, great writer. Well, so today we're going to help me. Great. So I am, I have been really depressed lately or very confused. And I feel like, uh, oh, by the way, before I get into this, you guys can call in if you have your own issues that you want to discuss, or you might have something of opinion about something I'm talking about. We'd love to hear from you. So the number is 718-928-9732. Just call right in and uh, it rings automatically. 718-928-9732. So I've been, uh, and see, this is good. Old people like me can go through changes, like very dramatic changes uh, later in life, which is also, because you know why I realize right now? Why? Because I didn't fucking quit. So I'm still trying I'm still trying to make it. And that's what's really kind of pathetic. That's what I feel is sort of pathetic. Why do you think that's pathetic? I just find it's really like it's like it's not going to happen. So I mean at my age it's just not going to happen. So but the thing is is that what I am what I did do is I got this job a part-time job that I'm doing well at and I'm making money. And I've had it for a couple of months. And the last like two months, I feel like I really am good at this job. And frankly, I've never been good at a job before. I've never done well at a job. It's true. I mean, I've had some very well-paying jobs. I was a creative director, stuff like that. But, you know, I've been under uh, places where um, either I wasn't very good or I didn't get any positive or really, you know, I mean, they just put a lot of pressure on you and you don't really get any positive feedback. I don't know if it was me or what. Anyway, I'm finally doing well at work. And uh, I'm also feeling that I've evolved past the person I was in advertising, which has been most of my life. So I no longer, so now I'm angry at everybody that I knew from that time because I feel, um, you know, I didn't respect, like I always felt like they were better than me and I treated them like they were better than me and they probably acted like they were better than me and now I'm like, how the fuck did you think you were better than me? So, does that make sense to you? Well, it makes sense to me,
1: but I'm wondering why you're tormenting yourself with the past now
0: because here's the thing I feel like um so I'm coming to like i have a i'm like i probably am gonna do the show in November a visual art show, and so that's partly why I'm thinking about it now. But I think about like how if I had felt better about myself and I didn't have such a mean mother, I would be further ahead. And like, I'm just like, you know, I'm like angry about it because I think I'm just coming out of that phase or that. I don't know. I feel like I woke up too late. Well,
1: that may or may not be true, but you only have now. I mean, you know that you can't let what you can't change. You can't change the past.
0: Yeah, but I, I think it's just that it's a new uh, revelation to me, and I'm depressed about it. That, well, that's, that's okay, okay right? So, yeah, it's fine to be depressed. you think dep- I'm going to get through it?
1: Sure, you'll get through it. I mean, I think talking about it, first of all, is a good idea, and processing it, yeah, and realizing, you know, I don't know about you, I'll talk about, you know, with my mother, a lot of the choices I made in my life were to be to make completely 180 degree different decisions than my mother did, although I don't think I was a, I'm was 100% um, successful at that. But I think realizing what what you don't want to be and what has made you angry um is a way to make better decisions in the future and and move mm-hmm. forward
0: well, that's a whole thing so so like how much future is that is there
1: for you and me yeah I don't, not as much as not as much as we had in the past, but it's still there
0: <laughs> so one of the projects that I've been thinking about is um uh, is um this will project which i think has been brought brought up a lot of these i think it's all sort of kind of coming together um where i'm going to put all my a lot of my stuff the things that are valuable to me and some of my artwork that's important to me in a gallery and have people bid on it for to ha- to have the ownership of it in um, my will, mm-hmm. so they'll get like a certificate and stuff like that. So I'm thinking about because there's so my my strategy is like my long-term goal is to have people care about my work enough to not throw it away after I die, not to feel obligated to keep it, but to want to have it. So that's what I'm trying to work towards, and. There's something about that that's also really depressing. Do you th- like so? I'm sort of in a like, and I also feel like I'm sort of in a transitional p- place in my life emotionally. Like I'm sort of, it's almost like I'm sort of becoming like this realized person more, but there's something sort of sad about it. Why is
1: that sad? Why do you think that's sad? Is there something missing in that equation?
0: Well. I just kind of feel like I've been ch- chipping away at this for so long that if I had, if I was really genuinely talented, I do think I'm hardworking, but maybe not hardworking enough, maybe not focused enough. If I had what it takes, I would have already gotten pa- gotten to this point.
1: But look, but look around you. Don't you know a lot of people who you think are very talented and, and who haven't? had the kind of success they might have hoped to have or wanted to have?
0: Well, I see a lot of people who are really talented who I see make it. Mm. I see that a lot. Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, I know what you mean, but there's some part of me that believes that if you're really talented in that way, that really particular way, and you can really focus and do what you need to do, you will make it.
1: I don't know from where I sit, you know, it sounds, it looks to me like you've had a very successful life uh, in personas, in art, in and not in the same way that, that just that your work alone personifies, but the way you live your life and the experiences you've had and the way you interact with the world. And I and, know, and, you know, that doesn't put money in the bank. I know that, but it seems to me a pretty admirable um, sum total
0: of its parts. Well, see here, that's, that's kind of what is also, I'm dealing. That's another, That's kind of. That's kind of the. You know, the, uh, sixty-four thousand dollar question or issue, because there's always like since when I get depressed, I have a hard time seeing. Well, I always have a hard time appreciating, you know, what I've done or what's good about me. So uh, that's gone away. I can't can't access that. So it's not helping. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just it's time. Time needs to pass.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, part of this probably is just your own personality and the way you look at yourself and and part of that goes deeply into other other psychological things that I don't think I can, you know,
0: yeah, analyze for you. But really, we have we have another like <laughs> half an hour. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um well, s- you know, will you help me clean up my bathroom, or help sure. me figure that out? Yeah, please? sure. Yeah, yeah of we course. We can do that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll let you
0: know, and I'll I'll help you
1: draw up your will.
0: Will you? <laughs> sure. Actually, I could use some help yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. Could you help me talk to my husband about it? Yeah. I'll, yes. I'll. We'll all sit down together and talk about that. Oh, really? What does, what okay. Does,
1: what does What does Phil think about this idea?
0: Uh I mean, he's used to all my crazy ideas, so I think he's cool with it. Phil and I have a will together already, so it's a little... I mean, I'm going to have to work that out. But um, Actually, see, that's another thing. I've been trying to really make all these decisions on my own, and Phil is a very strong... My husband, like when I talk to him about my ideas, he has very strong opinions, Mm -hmm. and I feel like we wind up arguing about what I want to do and what he thinks I should do. And I realized, like, this is not good for anybody.
1: Yeah, that's not good.
0: So I have um, learned and I've done a lot better of, like, not bringing up my ideas until they're pretty fully formed.
1: I think that's a good strategy. So there, that's good, that's right? I good, did that. Yeah,
0: that's good. I did that. Yeah. yeah. And,
1: you know, I think this may be a truism, but they, they do say when, when you talk to men about things like that, uh, and I'm not being... Dumping young guys you're being no, no. We
0: well, men have problems. Women have problems. And
1: and men tend to, when women talk to them, want to come up with a solution. They want to come up with a contribution. And sometimes women just want to talk about it for the sake of talking about it and saying it out loud. And and. Thinking, Clarifying, thinking, they're thinking it yeah, through. Right. So sometimes I think when you talk to Phil about that stuff, he's coming back at you with answers and suggestions because
0: that's what guys do, and that's not really why you're talking to him. Yeah, he wants to figure it out. He right. Wants to, and he, wants, he likes to have his fingers in it. Yeah. Like he likes to put his stamp on it. So that's part of it too. Um, yeah, so I think there's just a lot of things going on, but um, I've also been thinking a lot about um, like – my process and is like what, there's something, I feel like there's something getting in the way. And, um, I wonder if you have any thoughts on like process or what kind of, I mean, you know, what, so what's wrong with me? That's what I really want to know. What is the fuck is wrong with me? like is it my process is it like my lack of confidence like what the fuck is wrong am i disorganized i'm afraid this is when i'm also i'm also having like hypochondria that i've alzheimers do you think I have Alzheimer's? No, I don't think you have Alzheimer's. Okay, I'm really worried yeah, about that. I don't think
1: you do. I don't see any indication of that really, today I'm really or in my other interactions I'm really, with you. really
0: worried about that. No.
1: What what makes you worried? What what precisely makes you worried about well, that? Well,
0: like, for example, I left the keys in the door twice last week. No, if you start leaving the keys in the freezer, then you Yeah, I know, right. I know. Yeah, and I forget things, but I think part of that is that I have so Much many. Much on your mind, yeah too many pro like maybe i'm also thinking maybe i just have too many projects that i'm trying to do like i've got this radio show i have a part-time job like 20 hours a week i am doing a showcase for this radio show at the end of july i'm planning a major for me major and you know i don't have any money i have no help i have no help in any i have no help so I'm planning a uh, show, um, you know, a solo art show uh, in November. So I think that's that's a lot. That is right? that's
1: totally a lot. And and you know, it, it's hard then to focus on any one thing. And then remembering, you know, your keys while your mind is going off to something else the moment you're going in the door. I, I just so I don't think the Alzheimer's is a problem, but I do think trying to juggle a lot at once is not is difficult. Um, but that's also who you are.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: Well, I don't see you just concentrating solely on one thing because you're sort of like me too that you know you want to throw a lot of shit at the wall and see what sticks
0: well a lot of it is a defense right because i'm afraid that if one thing fails that i'll be too like i can't focus on that because if that fails then i'm sunk of course So i think if i was more like if i believed in one thing more i would focus on that and then that would do better
1: so I'm gonna throw something back at you because I actually am of the strong belief that most people know the answers to the questions they're asking. Well, of course they do. Yeah. So, you know, when you ask what what is what is standing in your way or what when you were just going through those things, is it secure insecurity, is it blah, blah? You know what it is
0: already. My insecurity. Yeah. 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 There it is. Yeah. There it's fucking is. And it's getting in my way. It but is- you know, it's interesting because one of the things that I mentioned, I talked about this in group therapy yesterday too, was that um, I feel like I'm moving away. I mean, I'm angry at my at, at the people that I've known all my life now, but I'm also moving away from them in that um, I don't want to be in those relationships anymore, where I don't, where I feel like, you know, I'm not as good as they are, or that they even work okay with they we were even okay in those relationships. So um, that's a
1: very difficult pattern to break, but your awareness of it and willingness to do it is really important.
0: Yeah, but I think it's also kind of scary because I mean I don't know if they're not calling me or I mean maybe they're just happy that that I'm not calling them. Maybe I made all the effort. I mean it's not like I'm it's not like they're going. What's wrong, Lisa? And they I don't think they give a shit, frankly. Maybe they don't but that I haven't been in touch with them. But I also think that there's part of me that misses them a little mm. or it's frightening because those are, those were the habits. Those were the people that I knew for so long. Sure. I was in that role and that's kind of a safe role because no one's not that ever going to really expect that much
1: of you. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a, That's again, I think, that's a great thing that if you're breaking that, because you want to expect more of yourself right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, I know, time is limited, and I know you think you haven't made it yet, but um, you still have a lot of good years left. And and I don't see you, you know, deciding to take up um, horticulture and you know growing yeah. pansies. I mean, I just don't see it happening. So that, you know, it, it, it's about you know, depression is is also a good friend of a lot of a lot of us who are creative, right? And um, you kind of. There's a there's a kind of meditation called Yoga Nidra, which is the meditative heart of yoga. And they talk about looking at all these emotions that not that um, they do, they don't define you. They are just feelings that come and go. Mm. And they're not who you are. And mm-hmm. you have to kind of look at them all with equanimity in a way like, oh, here's my old pal depression. Come on in. I know you're going to be here for a while. Let's make the best of this while we can because you're going to leave again too. I mean, and, and, and so don't define yourself by like, I am depressed. It's like depression is present is the way... They, they, not to tell, sound too zen about it, or anger mm-hmm. is present, or, mm-hmm. you know, sadness is present, but mm-hmm. I, it's not, don't own it like I am angry, I am mm-hmm. sad, because then you define yourself by it, and that gets in the way of everything.
0: Right, yeah. Just put it aside. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why I keep busy anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then I always have this sort of um, conflict between performing and making things. And I always think that if I really focused on one or the other, I would be better off or like I'd be more productive or my, the quality of my work would be better or something like that. Does that make sense to you? It makes sense that you ask yourself the question.
1: I'm not sure, I'm not sure what the answer is. You know, I, what, is there one? Because I think you would miss, you would, if, you've left, if you just did one, other, you'd miss the other one too.
0: Yeah, and um, maybe that's just partly what makes it harder for me. It, it probably is partly what
1: makes it harder, but it's also who you are.
0: Right, 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 right. So I'm just kind of stuck with myself, and um, I was wondering Most if of us you, are. if you had anybody else that I could become, or who would, might want to trade. Do you have any other? Do you have any young clients that would want to just trade? trade.
1: <laughs> that's a good trade question. That's a, yeah, that's a great question. Um, uh, you know, prop. I, you know, that wouldn't wouldn't that be a movie with Lindsay Lohan? I'm not not sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Probably. Yeah. So I want to remind people again that they're listening. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I'm in a very um, self-involved place today. And I invited Nina on to, to join, to indulge me. And Nina, you're doing a great job, Mom. I feel yeah. indulged. Well,
1: uh, you know, it's not my job to indulge you, but I want to listen to you and support you and uh, and hear you. I mean, you know, part of the most, I think, that people really want and, and is to be heard.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if I was, so anyway, thanks for listening. Go to our radio station, our our website, www.radiofreebrooklyn.com. Um, donate some money. And um, also, if you want to call in, you can ask uh, Nina, Mom, Nina, anything you'd like. Or maybe you have some advice for me today, because I'm really feeling vulnerable. Like, not in charge. Uh Seven one eight nine two eight nine seven three two. So you never see the therapist not in control, right?
1: Um, that's because that's right.
0: But that's because they're at
1: work, and, it, and, it, and it's perform. That's a we're talking about performance. I think th- therapists in their office at work are have a are playing a role too.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like they're not gonna, and they're also pretty protected, right? Yeah, because they can't. They have so many boundaries right. going in, so. So, if you were my mom, what would you say to me? I would tell you to, if you, I would tell you to just, you know, breathe
1: a little more. Maybe you Read. know,
0: breathe, breathe, just sort
1: of, you know, deep breathe. Yeah, do breathe
0: some a little deep little more. breathing.
1: Yeah, learn some, you know, work to shut, take some ta- ways to shut off those thought processes that haunt you sometimes, just for a little while. You know, just, t- you know, close take your brain cbt cbt works yeah yeah, certain yeah. Kinds of cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy. therapy certain kinds of meditation help mm-hmm. you know if, if you and people always talk about oh i can't meditate i can't meditate well most people feel that way but you you, uh, you you can and it doesn't have to be sitting in an ashram for four hours it can be five or ten minutes just yourself and and um do you the, do that i i don't do it as much as i should but when i do it i feel a difference
0: you do yeah like how does it feel
1: it just, I just, I just deal with the day better.
0: Like in what way, clearer head or less anxious? Yeah, less or...
1: both, both of those things. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And one of the things about stuff, stuff like meditation is the reason they they call it the practice of meditation because it only gets better if you do it a lot. <laughs> hmm.
0: So maybe instead of those that like twenty minutes on Facebook in the morning or the news or whatever it is that I'm on my phone, I could be meditating.
1: Well, that's you know. I think we all spend too much time with the news and on our phones or on Facebook or whatever. Too. I mean, that's that. It's it it it's it's no doubt an addictive uh, habit. It really is. And we we're, we're spending too much time caught up in the not only the news cycle twenty four hour news cycle, but the moment to moment news cycle. And going back to what you were saying at the beginning, I totally agree with you about people date you know dating apps and that kind of stuff. Um mm-hmm. I mean, I actually think. The, the apps in a way put up an invisible barrier. It's not like really meeting a person in person and talking. No, and, it's
0: totally contrived.
1: And, and and most actually, what you learn about a, what you perceive about a person, most of what you perceive about a person is nonverbal. It's something like ninety mm. no, it's something like ninety really? percent of what you perceive about a person is from body language, not from what they say or anything else. And you can't if you're looking at somebody's head or picture or just hearing their voice, you're not getting any body language. So your perceptions are totally off. Yeah, based. and
0: you know, like I I enjoy, I still enjoy having phone conversations. I find that emotionally satisfying. Texting is not. No, no. And uh, people, you know, don't even talk on the phone anymore. That's for sure. It's, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, like you can't just make a call. And so I think a lot of times these people are, the expectations that people are having when they meet somebody must be like ridiculously low, really, because there's no... um I'm going to use the word commitment. There's no obligation. Like when you go to like a store and you're buying something, you have a commitment with the person at the cash register. Like they're going to interact with you.
1: We're we're tremendously isolated even in the midst of a city like this and all our interactions, many of which are are virtual. We're we're more isolated than ever. We're more... um, And we're exposed to less diverse opinions, ideas, all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff than we. Because if you're going to listen to, you know, um, music, you're able to pick out exactly the kind of music you like. In the old days, you remember old FM radio, Lisa? Yeah, yeah. It would be hear everything. everything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and so you heard. Well, actually, we have a station that's coming. We have RFB Two, Radio Free Brooklyn Two, at Radio freebrooklyn.org. And we are actually launching that kind of station. Oh, that's fantastic. Like another, you know, another, another aspect to our station streaming music of local bands. Great. So there you go. We're taking radio free Brooklyn is taking care of that, but no, it's true. And um, I think like a lot of times, you know, when you, when I'm not feeling particularly uh, good about myself and um, focused on my work, And I'm not feeling good about that. I'm sure a lot of it is because of all the curation that people put on their Facebook pages. Absolutely. And that's pretty much what it is.
1: You know, I also tell people, if if you're really feeling isolated and alone, get a dog. Not, Not only because you'll have a companionship where you are, but you've got to take that dog out most of the time. Yeah, yeah. And- and people engage often more with people's pets than people, but you get to meet people, you have to take a walk, you get fresh air it is a do- good it
0: is a good way to meet people
1: and and get out of the house you know just right. get out of the
0: four walls right 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 so um what do you think is like the most common common thing that you see mostly with your is it mostly what's the age group
1: i mean i, I I tend to be lately seeing a lot of people in their early early through, through the the 30s decade basically mm-hmm. yeah and you know their relationship issues um a lot of people still dealing with their with their parents and and again what their parents expectations are of their lives versus what their expectations are of their lives and still being unable to kind of come to some common I ground
0: I don't think, you know, I couldn't get past that when my parents were alive. Yeah. I never really it took me ten years after my mother died in 03 my father died in eighty seven. And I swear it took like ten years to get past that. It's a toughie, you know, it really did you have you have that? I had yeah. Yeah. I think people that take risks and really rebel with you know, like they just really live their own lives. I was so afraid of my parents that I was still trying to do what they thought was right Mm -hmm. for me. So I didn't really get away from that as much as I did to, to a lot of a degree, but I think a lot of people are still, I think that's really, you know, one of the things that, um, about therapy is that I've been in therapy discussing this forever, but I think, um, I'm just beginning to like accept it. Right.
1: Skewing back to maybe the the younger people though too. One thing that concerns me, and I, you, if if you're still dealing with it, and I deal with it in some ways, imagine the the young adults who are still being in some ways supported by their parents financially. Oh, or, that's a big yeah. Or um, you know other things like that, and parents are, who are so in their kids' faces now, uh, you know yeah. they they refuse to let them launch really. T- Truly. Yeah,
0: no, that's true. That's true. And
1: imagine they're going to be dealing with it even worse than we are in some ways because they, they haven't gotten the chance to be fully independent and fall flat in their face yes. and pull themselves up. I, that's one of my, not so much with some of my clients, but with other people I see I get really concerned about. And I was, um, had a book contract to write a book proposal about tips for parents of, of young adults. So I did a lot of research on that too. And it's appalling to me that there are things like, I think Pepsi-Cola has it now, it's called Take Your Parents to Work Day. Ooh. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's also because so many parents now will do things like pick up the phone and call their kids' bosses and say, how's my son doing at work? I mean, that's insane. This is the helicopter parenting
0: going. Well, that's what's sort of like ironic about your service. See, like in my day, when I, if I was in my 20s and you were, you know, right. you, and uh, I was like, need a mom. Ugh. I don't need, that's the last thing I, I need. need. I'm just really fucked up. The last thing I want to do as a mom is going to make everything much more worse. Right. But nowadays, kids really like their parents.
1: Yeah, they do like their parents. And and it's also why I, why there's the conflict about the need a mom thing, because I don't think I mother my clients No, se.
0: I don't think so either. Um,
1: but, uh, yeah, I, I, just, I just have a hard time. The, the, you know, and I guess it's, it's Senator Ben Sass has written a book too. What's his book called? I just was hearing him talk about it. About that kids are not growing up in, and and part of what I think is is expected be, is is because of what's happened to society. Um, that you know you can't earn enough money to buy a house at 30 anymore, or 29 anymore, yeah, right. and, and you're waiting well. later to be or <laughs> ever, or waiting later later to get married and stuff like that. So maturity's being stretched out a little right. bit. But it, it is also because my generation, a lot of my generation, w- refused to let their kids go. They, they just really needed to be still their buddies and part of their lives. It's to, the parents. It's, it's the parents. Probably
0: yeah. more than, as much or more than the kids. I, I agree with that. And, and And then the kids, see the thing is, I always felt, really vulnerable because I couldn't really count on my parents. So if I had a boyfriend, I I had to really learn how to be um, independent because otherwise I would just give myself over to my boyfriend course, because yeah. I didn't have any backup. So important. But like nowadays, like especially with girls and well, with everybody, you know, p- kids have so much backup that I think they don't really let themselves... They don't really wind up depending on their relationships the way they could. I agree. And I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm of the, you know, it's
1: I know it's expensive to live in the city. I know it's hard. Yeah. But if you can't, you know, do it yourself, um, then don't do it. Don't take money from mommy and daddy just to stay here. That's, really?
0: You think that's really bad? I do. What do you think happens there?
1: I just think, I think it leads an underlying... Um, not only the reliance is not underlying, but there's a resentment of, on on the kid because the parents always then think they can still kind of pull their strings. Well, you know, I'm giving you money, so you should do what I think. And, so you
0: know. it's really like it's there's never any it's there's no free lunch. There's no free lunch. You know, I I've told people that like being married, if your husband like in my case, my husband pays the rent, so uh, there is no free lunch. Right. Like because he's working. You know, he can actually earn more money easily, more, whatever, um, whatever. I'm a loser today, so let's just go with that. I'm not going to make excuses. Uh, but anyway, I mean, that means that I have to do things or I feel I feel like he gets to pick the vacations. I mean, this is just reality. And I've talked to a lot of other married married people, and they feel the same way. Well, There's that, no that's, but
1: that's a reflection on our society, too. There still is the idea, and I, I've been in that situation, too, because when I was making good money with my theater shows, I felt more equal, and now that I'm making less, and my husband is kind of paying the bills, too. I feel the same thing you're talking mm. about, and I feel more than, also more responsible to take care of things around the yeah, house. I oh, do too. Yeah, which makes me crazy too yeah, at the same time. Yeah. But but what I was going to say is it's because of a larger value that it the person who makes the money must be the more important valuable person, which is in insa- Well their
0: time is more valuable. They're, yeah. And but I that's mean that's kind of hard to argue with yeah. really in a way. Except for like when you're a mother or at least an active mother with child you know children at home. Um I think then then I think like if your husband's earning the money, and you're home with the kids, or vice versa, if your wife's earning the money and you're home with the kids, then uh, I think that's a 50-50 deal. I don't know, and but this might be- Women an- get screwed a lot. This I'll- might
1: be another show, too, because there's been a lot of studies later lately, what they call emotional labor, and and women do yeah. like 85% of the emotional yeah. labor, whether they're working or not working, or right. what their income right. is, or what else, So, so it's just-
0: yeah, that's a lot harder to qualify, of course. Of course, and also women. I mean, women. Um, we we take we take that on more than we need to. That's right. And so, so I was going to ask you um, if you have any, because I was, you know, I'm a stepmom, um, but I have never really had the responsibility of bringing up a young child, so. And you have you've done it twice. I did it twice. So as a mom, what do you like? Do you ever look back? Because we were talking about this in group the other day about um, motherhood and parenting and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So is there anything you ever like look back and say? Oh man, if I'd only done that, then the kid wouldn't be this way or I should have done this or do you ever, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I think every, I mean, you've obviously uh, done a great job. I, I know you're, but kid- I think
1: every parent feels that way sometimes. I mean, you know, I, yeah. th- and there are things, you know, that you wonder if you've scarred the kid for life or, or, um, you should have done yeah. something differently always, but I'll tell you one anecdote that I kind of love about this too. And I, I think it should give pa- young parents some solace, um, we went to family therapy once for a couple sessions because I think the kids got arre- arrested for doing graffiti. Okay.
0: okay. I was just going to make what? sure that people understood, like, how, how old are your kids now? They're
1: 32 and 30 now.
0: So it's two boys, and they yeah. were two years apart.
1: Yes. And th- they got arrested for graffiti or something. I don't know. They got into a couple scrapes when they were young. and, and so we, we,
0: Teenagers, 12, 14? A little,
1: probably, like, they were, like, 12 and 14 or something like that. Okay. 13, 15, something like that. Anyway, and we went to this family therapist. It was the only one we could get into in Fairfield County, Connecticut. So I think he was probably not the greatest family therapist in the world anyway, because mm-hmm. the good ones were booked up the wazoo. Um, <laughs> but we went, and, and one day he was talking to us, and he said, your, your sons, to me, he said they, they seem like such close brothers. They seem to get along so well. I don't see that very often. And, they, mm-hmm. and he, said, what, he said to me, what did you do right? And I was like, oh. Somebody's asking me what I did right. And I said, well, you know, I always treated them as individuals and their individual interests. And I spent time alone with each of them doing things and tried not to compare. I'm, you know, going on and on, on, all these things. And then he turned to the kids, my sons are named Zeb and Eli, and said, so why are you guys so close? And it was probably my older son because he was a little more articulate at the time. said, well, when mom used to get really mad at us and scream and yell, we'd go into the bedroom together and comfort each other. So I tell people sometimes it's not what you do right that brings that, that brings them together; it's what you do wrong.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I was wondering about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that uh, my brother and I could agree on that yeah. too. So there you go. But that's not what doing anything wrong. You know, a lot of parents. The worst, I think, if we're going to be ju- like for me, because I like to be judgmental about things I know nothing about, uh, have no experience with anyway. But I think, uh. The hardest part is obviously disciplining kids,
1: oh, yeah, I was terrible at that until Well, you, yelled at, them, you yelled at them, but you must have yelled at them, yeah, so. yeah, I did yell at them sometimes, sometimes just out of my own frustration and anger with the world, though you know, and they were just they were
0: just the target, they were just
1: happened to be in the room,
0: <laughs> wow, so that's a that's such a like i mean i remember I remember uh, listening like like was somebody was saying. Well, sometimes they're going to be mad at you because you, you're you telling them, I'm your mother and you have to take a bath. And the whole idea of like to me, the whole idea of being, telling another human, I don't care how old they are, that you, I'm, you have to take a bath and making them take a bath just is so insane to me. I guess you just get used to the yeah, idea. Yeah, you know,
1: I, you know I, I don't. I don't think I did ever did. I'm the mother, and you do it because I say so thing. But you know, it's also when they're you're teaching them personal hygiene. It's okay. It's not so much. You know, it seems so-
0: crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you've never been around stinky teen, preteen boys either. So
0: I don't know. Yeah, it well, you have. I cra- didn't notice I, it back I, then. I, no, well, I don't know, but it, it, I never had that role. So yeah, yeah. well, kids today, kids, kids today. You know what I noticed, too, is because, like, we were into, like, the same music. They wear our clothes, our music, all that stuff. And I feel like, um, in a way, they look up to us to some degree in a way that I never looked up to my parents. Like, when I tell kids that, you know, well, you know, I saw David Bowie's Spider from Mars concert they go nuts, yeah. right? And you probably have stuff like that. Yeah, too. I
1: never. Yeah, I never really was too thrilled when my mother told me about seeing Glenn Miller or whoever she saw. Yeah, no,
0: but you're like, well, they were there. And I think a lot of that is our culture. I think our culture, I think that our culture has gone really, you know, kind of downhill in a way. Well, quality-wise, I think, I think people know that.
1: Uh, I don't. I think. I don't think it would be hard to argue that point. That point, at I think.
0: Yeah. And that's because of Woodstock, because Woodstock was the first time that people realized that the counterculture was a marketing opportunity. That
1: was the start, yep.
0: And so um, that's what happened, and then... uh, But
1: there also used to be things on, you know, on television, and I think this is because of advertising and marketing, you're absolutely right. Like Leonard Bernstein's, you know, concerts for children were on CBS, classical music, and Leonard Bernstein talking kids through, you know... Um, Beethoven and 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 you mm-hmm. know that that level of now it's considered cultural elitism to to cl- classical music, which is insane.
0: Well, it's also about like making money, and those That's things right. don't make money. Right. But another thing that I've been thinking about too, um, actually, we had Rati Gorfin, um, who is a creative coach on last week, who was also, I think, she, I think actually talking with her probably put me on this downward spiral, feeling of like, oh my god, what about my career uh but anyway um she was saying and i think this is true that um people's brains are evolving differently now because of all the internet stuff and then um you know our focus you know people aren't as focused as they used to be and stuff like that right so do you think that's true too yeah
1: i do i do i also think you know People used to have to really use their imaginations. Um, right. And because they couldn't go on the internet or watch television or even listen to the radio, they, they drew. They made art. They, you're right. They composed music.
0: They no, you're wrote. right. I hadn't even thought about that. You never see kids drawing anymore. They're I mean, on their,
1: that's terrible. It really, it really is.
0: They're on, you know, those little, little kids are on those, like. Iphones are not drawing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember when I used to, I when in my early theater days, I worked as a theater educator for Playwrights Horizons, and we used to bring kids to the theater for for um ed, for when education, had, education, maybe. And I had to explain to them once that at the that I think it was either a doll's house or one of the Ibsen plays or something that, now you're going to be really bored at the beginning of this play because the people are sitting around talking. But back in the old days, that's what people did to entertain each other. They had erudite, witty, interesting conversation, and that was considered entertainment. But wow. no one knows. But people don't know how to conversation, not have conversations anymore.
0: Well, you know, I'd I'd have to, in my in, my in world... In your world, they do, but... but in my world, my I'd have too. to disagree with that, but... but but I, I can't count on it.
1: But these were kids from these were kids from disadvantaged high schools. That's why I was No, talking no, it. and yeah. I
0: I mean I think yeah, I mean I don't you know, I'm I'm in my bubble, so I I have some but also I for me communicating, you know, like I love ideas and ideas are what entertains me and new ideas from people is what entertains me. So, you know, that's why that's why we're hanging out today. It is. <laughs> but um yeah, that's a real priority for me. But, you know, uh, I, I'm sure there's a lot of, like my husband would say, I just talk too much. <laughs> Some around people who want to talk. And that's why I have a talk show.
1: Makes sense to me, Lisa.
0: it so was a problem and you solved it. <laughs> Maybe my husband needs a talk show. And then we could be on at the same exact time and compete, which that, I think would be really perfect. That would be great. <laughs> I got to talk to Tenny about this, see if we can yeah, work, so it. work it out. Yeah. <laughs> you could be like, what,
1: what was the, the old thing on 60 Minutes that they used to have, like point counterpoint or something? Oh, yeah. The two people.
0: T- yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I want to, you know, we've got five minutes left. So, I want to make sure it didn't, didn't go fast. It you did know, fast. I realized when I, was ta- when I was talking to you about my problems that I'm like sick of my problems. They seem like they repeat themselves constantly. It's really the same things. They- 'Cause I guess when I'm in a low mood that's where that's where, where go. they go. Yeah.
1: Yep. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. Was it boring for you? Not at all. <laughs> Was it boring for you? <laughs> Were you out there did I fucking bore you? See, I told you I can't no. Actually this radio show has helped me a lot. A lot. Good. It's good therapy. Well and I'm gonna
1: tell you what I won't do too. I get a lot of requests from guys who ask me to pretend to be their mother.
0: Oh. And be and meet I their girlfriends or
1: call them and stuff, and I won't I don't do that.
0: Oh, you mean there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys that like want you to lie Correct. and like say, I'm sorry, my son can't get married. Right. He can't marry you. Yep.
1: That's exactly right. Really? Yeah. Do, do or, they say that? Uh, or they they want me just to say that I'm, I'm, I, ha- I'm so glad you and my son are dating and I hope to meet you sometime soon in the future. That kind of thing.
0: So what, what would that be? What would that be? high well, that that could be a whole bunch of things. That could
1: be a whole bunch of things. Is
0: there ever like a gay person that like doesn't want their parents to know? That and... hasn't
1: come up yet. No, yeah. but not I... in this neighborhood. No, no. Not in this neighborhood.
0: <laughs> but I bet it could you know, there's probably a lot more money in that. There's Maybe you a, should a,
1: be thinking there about is, it. A, they, they, <laughs> they, they offer more money than my going rate. And I still say, no damn. For yeah. You a, could damn be, a, if you're taking lie. the moral high ground, I'm really yeah, tired of taking the moral high ground. That's the problem. <laughs> I mean, our
0: president isn't doing that. Why should you suffer? Exactly. Right. That's where the money is. Yep. Having, having people with the less rules always win.
1: Fake news, fake parent, fake mother, fake Same parents.
0: Yeah. yeah. There's no truth in any <laughs> of this shit. Um, Anyway, so um, Nina um, does a lot of great stuff, and uh, she will help you learn how to cook anything you want. Um, and you help people, like, organize a lot of their stuff. Like, sure. you're a really organized person, right? You're good at getting things done. Yes. So, like, if I was saying I'm worried worried about this project, like, you would help me organize it?
1: Sure. I'd, I'd stay on you about it, too. That's you would? Bit. Well, if you wanted me to.
0: You would? Uh-huh. Wow. So we would make a schedule and then you would make sure that I stuck to it? I would, I would, I would nag you, um, gracefully. (laughs) That's, that's, (laughs) that's an oxymoron. Yeah, I know, but. (laughs) Well, wow, that might be cool. What about like my brother is probably lonely. My brother probably needs my mother yelling at him. Maybe for his birthday, I'll have you call him and yell at him. Sure. Could you do that? I think I'm going to do that.
1: Okay. What a great birthday present.
0: And he'll, ne- maybe we'll pretend you're the ghost because, you know, I don't want you to have to lie. No. You know. Huh. Well, you know, that would be, that would be, uh, be really good. Yeah. Anyway, so I just want to remind everybody once again that you're listening to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. We're an org now and we're a nonprofit, which we're very, very proud of. We have so many great shows. There's like 70 shows right now. And the guy that's coming up after me is fantastic. There's a lot of really good radio on this station today. We've got, um, so if you stay tuned, you're going to hear Elon Danziger, who's hilarious and awesome, and Jimmy Hoffman, Lost and Rewound. They um, were, as I'm stuck in my past today, I'm probably the best person to promote this shit. That not I mean, that's me, not them. they do a really good show? Um, so Elon carried around the tape recorder in the mid '90s, and when he was in middle school, and he created an audio time capsule of prepubescent life. So he has some. He plays a lot of music, and he has a lot of really funny conversations, and he does interviews and stuff like that. If you ever have a mixtape, you should get in touch with him. And if you ever have any questions or you want to send me some some like cheering up, uh, just write me at Dr. Lisa at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. And Nina, thank you, thank you for being uh, on on Radio Free Brooklyn and today.
1: You, and if you want to find me, www.NeedAMomNYC.com.
0: And what's your emails? Tell us.
1: Uh, NYC at gmail.com.
0: Oh, okay. okay. Well, you know, whether you need a mom, could you also need a big sister, maybe? Ab-
1: sure, absolutely.
0: How about a school teacher?
1: <laughs> a, sc- a school mom. Only. Dr. Lisa gives a
0: shit. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. Dr. Lisa gives a shit about you.